A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daney. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jurgen Klopp and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jurgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members, and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. So, go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash Graham Hunter and we'll bring you joy Hello all of you and welcome to another big interview Our guest today is Per Mertesacker World Cup winner manager of the Arsenal Academy author. We met for the first time at the launch of Per's autobiography BFG, Big Friendly German, and we discussed a great deal about his old school upbringing and how it informs his approach in helping to produce a new generation of young talent for Arsenal. But in this interview, we also talk about many things that have never come up in previous big interviews. Per is, to my mind, an extremely special, interesting, Uh, well-formed character, full of wit, quick to laugh, which I like, but somebody who engaged really, really well in the question and answer, which this time is a little bit shorter because he was on a book signing, book explanation, book promoting uh, tour. However, when you listen to it, you'll hear, I hope you'll hear that he enjoyed himself and you will hear him saying yes to coming back for a second bite at the cherry. That's nice to know. It's evidence that... um, that he took something out of this interview. I hope you will too. Enjoy my chat with Per Mertesacker by the book. This is the aperitif before the main course. Um, this is the big interview. We're in a gorgeous place in the northern outskirts of London. We're with Per Mertesacker. The reason... One of the reasons we're with him, because already I can tell from his eyes, he loves the big interview and probably would have said yes anyway. But the reason we're here is BFG. Yeah. Because you are the big friendly German. <laughs> no, 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 no. We know from your book that you are the big friendly German. Um, per, uh, we, we've watched you play. Occasionally we've heard you speak. We obviously didn't know anything about you as a man, but we now feel that we do know a lot more about you thanks to your book. Normally, listeners to this series would be waiting for me to do my little jokes or some kind of shit like that. Instead, I want to jump straight to a really serious but interesting subject because 
As part of your development and because of how you thought about yourself in football, when the automatic need for you to either do military service or to do some work in society that was regulated, you said, and you, you write in, in Big Friendly German, that you didn't want everything on a plate. So not only did you say, I want to be a conscientious objector to the idea of going into the army and bearing weapons, but I specifically want to do something that's testing and that's of worth. And so you did. Now, what you did and what you experienced there was, to me, genuinely extraordinary. And I expect that there aren't many World Cup winners, FA Cup winners, who mirror your story. Will you please explain to our listeners what you chose to do and why you chose to do it? Yeah, so uh, back in the day in Germany, you after you finish your school or A grade in this case, you had to go... Um, your Abitur. Yeah, Abitur. So the A, a grade you had to do... Um, voluntary one year, either military service or going to a hospital, you know, doing social service, going into a mental hospital. And so you get your assessment, and they said to me, um, yeah, you, you don't fit in a, you don't fit in a tank, you won't fit um, in a submarine, so... And it actually helped me, I don't want to, I didn't want to use any weapons, so... Um, and then um, I chose to go into a mental hospital. Because at that time, Hanover, my hometown club and the club I played for um, as a youngster, they had a cooperation with a mental hospital. And I was very interested in going there and doing my service there. I probably didn't know exactly what, I, what to expect, but it was clear for, for me that I wanted to do something that brings value to other people. Because I knew playing football and being a professional is shiny light, is, is a very nice world, and, but there's a different world out there and not many people know about. So I wanted to do something that helps others in that case. And what they said to me is, okay, you're going to have some training time, so you need to be able to train in the morning and afternoon, you come into our organization and... Um, we give you a key because you want to work with people who will be locked up, literally. And, and I like the challenge. And I wanted to test myself in terms of, am I able to really cope with it and digest it, meeting people who cannot take care of themselves? So um, to cut it short, I had an amazing experience where I had to go in after training every day and um, had the key from the hospital, 20 people in a hospital type of area. They couldn't go out by themselves. They need to be in there. You need to help them going to the toilet, uh, making their food. Yeah, meeting staff and people who were there on a daily basis. And that was a big contrast. Per, it's genuinely extraordinary because later in this interview, I'll ask you about Rio Ferdinand saying that by the end of his football career, he couldn't organise his own travel. I'm going to tell you, possibly you know about a guy I know, Victor Valdez, who when he went through year-long rehab, didn't know how to get on the metro in Dusseldorf, I think, where he was doing his rehab, and he still carries three coins around in his hand to remember the joy of remembering how yeah. to use public transport. And yet, at this young age, when a golden it wasn't yet a golden life, but a golden path was in front of you, yeah. you chose things that ended up with what you were given. You said it, you were given the key to the ward. That's responsibility, organisation. That isn't just what will I find out about myself. 
from day one, there was an enormous amount of responsibility about your maturity, behaviour, mm. on those shoulders. Yeah, and that was the way I was, uh, I was growing up. My parents take a lot of credit for that because they kept me humble, you know, humble and being ready for the next stage, really. And at that time, it was right, just the right step for me to always having that realism, kind of, you know, to, to understand that you, you'll be watched by people, you'll be judged by people, mm. you have a lot of fans, but there's a flip side on it where you have people who are not fortunate as you are. Money, for example. Yeah, money was a big thing, and little things, as my parent taught me on the way, is my first contract negotiation with my dad, he sat next to me, and... He was just refusing to, uh, to accept the money they were offering me. He talked them down. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. So he was just refusing, and I was sitting next to him, and I said nothing, but literally I couldn't understand what he was doing. So he just said, no, no, that's too much. We want less, but we like the opportunity to, to train with the first team. And at that time, I was angry with my dad because I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Why would you take money off me? It, it, it was counterintuitive. It, it didn't, in itself, it can't make sense to you at that time. No, at that time. But reflecting back on now, that was probably the best thing yet. Because he ever, said, ever if my son gets playing development time rather than being ignored or just here because of my name, that's worth, uh, what's the sum was, 400 euros a month, right? That was, his, that was the um, fatherly arithmetic in his head. Yeah, and he was clear. And that says a lot about my upbringing. So the bringing value to me instead of the value of money it was yeah. more value of being a better person all the time and thinking about how can I improve? How can I improve my son? How can I improve him thinking, even if he's angry right now? And how can we build a relationship with the club that they trust us, that we are worthwhile thinking of? So I had like amazing memories of these small details which helped me to, to build up my profile and my character really that um, make me able to cope with a lot of scenarios. At my age I'm forgetting things. I know one of your brothers is Dennis. Is your dad yes. Stefan? Yes. Thank goodness for that. Tell us a little bit about Stefan because yeah. I've got you in the book, right, saying that the first time you missed Christmas with the extended family and the accordion playing in the house in the hills, you got ill because yeah. it was so yeah. central to you. <laughs> That's a big claim, but I think people will understand it. But paint the picture of the family running, the family get-togethers, the... Yeah. I, I can't remember if you actually use the word cold showers at six, but up at six. <laughs> Just paint that little picture, because it's made you, not the footballer necessarily, but the person you are. Um, yes. So the beauty of Germany and the league is that we get a winter break. So it shuts down. Let's name it in German. <laughs> we call it winter pause? Yes. So you get yeah. a pause during winter. Yes. You can really switch off of football and meet the family around Christmas and New Year's Eve. So that was always a time to relax and think about how can we meet as a family and enjoy the time together. In England, they are the most important days. Bang, bang, bang. They are the most important days. But they are addictive, aren't they? Or, or they are, are addictive. You so, yeah, the, so the family meet up and boxing days and stuff. So big culture shift so it's a different culture so you have to respect that for, but for me a big shock in terms of not meeting up with the family still being focused on the next game 26th, 28th, 1st of Jan so and I went through this period fine but once January kicked in 
I, I couldn't take it. So it was too much, and, and the intensity of the Premier League is much, much higher than, and, than the Bundesliga. And because in November you almost look in Germany, oh, okay, another three weeks. Then we are, then we have that break of one month, no, not playing, and we can switch off. So you, my body was screaming at that break to see families to switch off, and I just couldn't take it. So I was in my room, everything was dark, and I just wanted to stay on my own and not see anyone. It's a version of muscle memory. In sports, muscle memory helps you do X if you do it so yeah. many times. But if you do fa- it's family memory, I suppose. If you strip that away, the, the, the family muscles go, whoa, what's happening? So, and, and the body just shows up then. It matters. It's, it's just, even with injuries, sometimes I believe that it's psychologically it's, it's the, the, the body is so powerful that it just shuts down. Because, and that was one of those. Because we're tight for time, I, I, this is what these conversations are about. I remember Andrew Schurler saying about two, three months into the first season after you guys won the world. By the way, congratulations. Cheers. World champion. Thank you. I know it's not news to you, but <laughs> it's nice to say well done. Thank you, yeah. And Schurler put the ball in for Gutze. And I remember, I think he was at um, Chelsea. And he said to one of the staff there, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. I'm doing all the training. Yeah. I'm eating right. The celebrations were over after a week because of... That's the reverse of what you're saying. But he, he couldn't shake it off. Zidane said the same in 98. It took him until January to, to shake that off. These are the same themes as the missing the winter puzzle. Yes, they are. So the themes were long season, having a major tournament... And you all were, when, when we played the World Cup final, the preseason started already. So you're missing preseason and you need to go on holiday for three weeks. So you miss the start of the season. So you're always chasing, I don't know, you're chasing the, the break, you're chasing the preseason, and you can't, you that's not unsustainable. Up. So in my time at Bremen, I had a long season, 2008, played the European. We ended up. Uh, been runners up lost to Spain in the final. Yep. and then after three weeks coming back I just ran onto the pitch and my knee just went <coughs> I just had that nothing special I was just running just doing a warm up and my knee said <coughs> or my body said literally I can't take enough it. power enough enough so I used these six six seven weeks injury breaks always to <coughs> switch off calm down and then waiting for another accident to happen. <laughs> you're, a, you're a wise man, because they will happen. This is a shorter one, but we, we love our sponsors. Bet365 have asked us, close your eyes, take a snapshot of what it's like coming on at halftime and beating Brazil 7-1. Yeah. Now, your segment of the game is 2-1, so I think the other guys let you down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I blame all of them. Um, I'll name them if I have to. Yeah. But, I mean, in all honesty, I know it happened... Because that is one of the most extraordinary 22-person actions on a field I've ever seen. In, and I could name 20 ways in which it was extraordinary. So close your eyes, give us your snapshot. Um, it was weird because it was the semi-final. It was meant to be the final for us because we were at our peak at that time. And I sat on the bench the first half and getting up and down five times was weird. <laughs> so we looked at each other, we couldn't believe it. To punch the we, air. We couldn't believe it. And then at halftime, the manager, you come on as a centre-back. I, I didn't think that you come on as a centre-back normally don't. Yeah. But that was special for me to actually play that game. And Mats comes off. Hummels yes, comes off. And I, and I come on, so that was special to me. But I don't know, it was unreal. So the fans couldn't believe it. They were in tears. They were screaming. They were... They couldn't really take the moment the, even... Players didn't, but we were at our peak. 
So that's what we tried to enjoy. But after the game, I said, listen, guys, we've won nothing. Mm -hmm. So that was the most difficult part. We have reached our peak. We knew that. How can we then turn into a final and say, we need to go again. Yeah. We need to hit another big, big target. Go back to a peak. We didn't do that, but Argentina wasn't able to take their chances. So it was somewhere written that we're going to win it. But we hit our peak, but we couldn't believe it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the last one before I change subjects, because again, the clock's against us, but I can't let this go. And, and I'm, I'm changing the... No, maybe it's not. It's the second last one. But I still want to change the tone. You said something really startling or something really startling happened to you because when you go on a trip to Auschwitz it has the same effect on you and your group as it has on everybody but there's a guy who can't take it and it bursts out in tears and you're the one who will stop and say listen, come with me, stick with me it'll be okay and you get him through but then he says why did you do that? You're, you're successful and famous and you talk about his perception that because you're going to be successful and he says you're going to sign for Hanover 96, he says. Why would you do that? So there is a societal perception that successful people have to be some kind of cold scumbags, but you're not, they're not. Yeah, um, Yeah, and especially footballers at that time were regarded, especially at, at school. I was being part of a, a school class where sometimes... I had to go to training. So I was, like, let's, say, let's say, in a special place. So footballers who went to that school, 
privileged. Yeah. They were privileged, always got away with stuff. They always, <laughs> always were regarded as didn't need to earn it really, the grades. They would get it at some stage. But that was not my target. I wanted to make sure that everyone understands I earned the grades. Yeah. And I'm not here just to kick the ball around in my German exams. You know, that's what <laughs> used to happen. So, no, I, I wanted to show who I really are. I wanted to earn every single exam. I wanted to earn everything. Yeah. And I wanted to be myself. But the perception was different because of other people before me. That's why yeah. the guys thought, why are you hugging me? Why are you, you know, giving me such a... Why did you, you know, reach out to him? Uh, because it was me, you know, being me seeing someone struggling and saying, listen, you know, we go to, through it together. That's just being me. So I was being me, but I was against, like, the perception of a footballer being in an in a academic, envi academic environment. So it was um, just being me and, yeah, almost convincing people that they're... Different footballers sometimes are friendly as well. I like the concept of sharing strength because not everybody in life has got that. Or it will, there'll be one day when he'll console you or something like that. What you put into life, you get back, I, I think. I made that sound selfish when I know it wasn't. Clearly, you're in a position now where you're doing something that both Martin, who's with us here, one of our producers, and our listeners feel really strongly about, which is not just development, And I don't expect you in this interview to talk to us about things that you find secret about Arsenal. Yeah. That's fine. But everybody knows, and we've established across our interviews, that the youth of today now don't have the same tests, objectives. And you talk a lot in the book, and obviously we, we know whether the book was published or not. These kids are too rich too quickly. They live in a bubble. Their parents maybe don't guide them. First of all, do you think that you have ideas yourself about how to change this bubble, how to make the kids who are blessed with talent, begin to understand that problem-solving or character or the type of innate judgments that your parents taught you are going to be vital throughout their career. Do, do you have ideas about how that changes? Yes, otherwise I wouldn't do the job. <laughs> clearly. I gathered that, yeah. Clearly, I wouldn't do it just for the sake of it being the face of the academy. Yeah. And I think Arsenal knew that if they're going to appoint me as academy manager. I, they knew that I've got strategies to put more realism in there, to be myself and not doing just for the glamour of it. So I need to... I want to have real impact on, on every kid, literally making better decisions and making more informed decisions about how their future will look like. We have a chance with football to teach them many different good things, but it needs to be aligned. For example? So... And I, and I speak about three standards or behaviors, mm -hmm. which are respect, mm -hmm. discipline, humility. Three simple guidelines we have that everyone can work with because you need to respect the environment and the people you work with. Mm -hmm. So you're always in a fortunate position, which is already a big statement in terms of if whether, the, whether you wear or you wash the shirt, everyone is gets treated the same. Simple as I was being brought up, you know, that is a simple guideline. Then the discipline of coming in, putting the hard work in, that is a must, you know, for for us as an academy to be successful in life. You need to have that in yourself. And being humble, having humility, always recognizing, even if you're good, there's always something you can learn, you can improve on. So I'm in a position to... 
I want to build all these people. Yeah, I want them to be great footballers. We want to have the best football program. But I want to be as well in a, in a position that we, we build strong young gunners. So mm, strong, young, strong young individuals who can cope with any scenario in life. And if, we don't, if I don't deliver that, I failed. So there will be scenarios where that gets challenged big time by players, by parents, by agents, by anyone. alcohol, <laughs> drugs. It, 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 those are your challenges. Anyone. But I'm here to take that challenge on because it, I think it's really important. We cannot turn the clock back 20 years ago with all the safeguarding, with all the guidelines, with all the ruling, with all the stuffing. There will be a bubble, but the more we can turn this place into a place where good people work and understand the surroundings and, the, and, and kind of have dealt with it in the past, the better it will be. So your three ground rules are discipline, hard work and respect. Yeah, humility. Res- respect, discipline, humility. Discipline. How many of, again, I don't want Arsenal secrets, but broadly, of the generation of kids that are coming into the elite football clubs in England, how many kids do you see that come to you with all three of those plus talent? Percentage-wise, low. Very low. 10% would be very, a... Very low. Yeah. But that's, that's why we have development, you know, development. So the, sl- more, the more people talk to it and live by these frames and guidelines. And that, that's what I mean. You need to have the right coaches who repeat those messages constantly. It becomes a culture. And then it becomes a culture where this environment needs to grow and needs to get it into the kids. But they're the role models. Stuff. And everyone com- who comes in who wants to be in the safe, honest environment needs to live by those. Otherwise, we have a problem. And you're because the one you say, oh, I let you off the hook there, yeah. is very difficult then to manage after. Yeah, the contradiction, and you know this, is that at the senior level, yeah. that one, that same one, is the one that the manager will treat differently because he's special. Okay, at senior level, eight years on, know. because not all players can be treated the yeah. same, and therefore you're doing something and teaching them something that will be reversed if they're special in eight years' time because that's just the way it is. And I hope that the impact on, of the academy is that much that that player is even better than he would have been, you know, just by being yes. himself. Or I want them youngsters then to challenge the status quo in the first team and not sitting back and thinking, I'm the best player. So if we can turn those special talents into those who actually know what it's all about, have learned a lot throughout their uh, academy um, adventure, throughout their journey, to think about how can I improve myself, how can I be respectful to others, and how can I work my butts off every single day. You, you wouldn't like to apply this work to British society, would you? Because, I, I mean, I know Arsenal's very important, but if you could do that for the general population... Listen, we've got what we're scheduled to have 10 minutes more, and I'd like to fit four things into it, but they're all a theme. I know of a club, uh, and you probably know it too, but I know of a club where when the kids, the talented kids of your age groups are training, the, the mums particularly, but the parents, if, if they want to, are taken away and shown cooking classes. Cooking classes, not just to keep them occupied, but to show them to become parental dietitians, so that they're shown how to cook for their kids. That's one little grace note. But grace notes like that probably need to come into the thinking of big clubs, not because of diet, but because parents often are as much of a problem as the kids. Fair comment? Uh, yes. is for the parents as well a pressure scenario where in the football business there's a lot of 
people who watch this business, who then parents get in touch with agents, with other people, they're in their ears, the rumors around the place. So parents and that environment sometimes create of damage, you know, towards yeah, the kid. No, it, and, and the kid get the feeling that you need to you need to take care of the of the family, literally. You know, that that change of energy is very bad if they become the provider because yeah, they're the provider. The family's if, not well yes. off and I'm the golden goose. If that happens, bad things will will occur. Mentally you mean as well? Um yeah in terms or decision making. Just just the even if the parents don't feel oh we don't put pressure but he's the one the, the kid will feel that know. and will ultimately um, struggle big time. Uh, we're both fascinated, and I think this is our penultimate, about, and again, you said we can't go back 20 years yeah. to, to the way that players were treated when they were apprentices and bullied and tested and made to cry and shown to be tough. And we can't do that. We can't suddenly make the German fan model, which... In Germany, probably, if I was saying this, they'd go, oh, yeah, okay, it's not as good as it was 20 years ago, but it's better than it is here. Fans count, the tickets are cheaper, but players understand that fans are part of their wage, that fans are part of their responsibilities. And I think it's easy simply to talk about singing behind the goals and stuff like that, but it's an extraordinary thing. If that were more of the culture here in mm -hmm. this country, wouldn't it be easier to show kids as they're coming in, this is how you're going to have to behave in the first team. Your job your academy staff's job would be easier if your national culture in football was a little bit more prevalent in this league or your club choose, choose how you answer and I'm not trying to yeah. I'm not trying to criticise I'm looking to, I see massive positives and if there could be a transplanting in some clever way by clever people like you it would be to our benefit yeah totally different culture I have to say that when I came here I expected an explosion. I came here just after the Arsenal lost 8-2 to Man yep. United. Yeah. And I expected a fire on, in the training ground, like fans approaching players. But Which what? had happened to you in Bremen. Which, Which would happen. So they would stop the bus just at the stadium and say, we want to talk to the players. Or um, a kid would say, oh, what happened on the weekend? Or a father saying, oh, you need to, you know, you need to... Do something different. You Fuck know, off, come on. So Not good enough. There was real approach to, towards the players every single day. Mm -hmm. Even media, fans, everyone was around. So I expected a big fire. But what I, what I experienced was nothing. Quiet. Security guys not letting anyone in. Which, you know, was surprising to me. But on the other hand, you could really work on the next game, be professional. Mm. You didn't have to sign autographs. So you go in, do your recovery work, do your massage show. There's always, like, you know, positive negative. Sometimes I really missed it at Arsenal, that kind of being approached and being part of the fans' lives. Being pushed. Pushed as well, you know. Pulling a responsibility. Rewarded, you know. Yeah, yeah, all yes. the emotions you yes. get is not only the, the fact that... Also, you share something with them. It is shared because victory is bigger and sweeter when you see the people that are there every week saying to you, coming up to you and saying, yeah, that was a it big is. one. It is definitely. That's why sometimes I really missed it, yeah. being here. But then there's a whole security aspect. We cannot let... So there's a lot of pros and cons. The scientist in you says, I understand I'm working yeah. cl more cleanly. And yeah. if there's a little bump in the training ground, it's not all over the papers. But you reckon... Even, even to respond to media. So some journalists would approach me in Bremen and say, 
do you have time after training? And I will say yes or no. So you had to face it. And you have to speak for yourself. But at least there's an eye-to-eye contact and some dialogue. There is. And the last one, yeah, the last one is this. I hope you feel this has been a sort of grown-up conversation with ideals from your book thrown back at you so you can talk about them. I'd like to hear about your Hey Baby song. Yeah. And then I want to know who's in the gold medal position of all time for Arsenal in initiation singing and what kind of music was. Clue to everybody who listens, it's a brand of music I hate, but Per's going to talk about his... <clears throat> Czech goalkeeping buddy who's very good it is, it is connection um, between player stuff it, it does it does so much when you have like a common goal on those nights out you know when everyone is clear on what he has to deliver and that was clear to me when I came to Arsenal and there were rumours oh you need to stand up and sing I said okay that's going to happen I'll be prepared as, as hell you know as always and make sure that it's be a song, not the national anthem of, of my home country. It, I need to, to put something people, out there. People do that? Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> so they go the easy road. They're, the easy they're, route. They're, I, I was not... I they're was definitely not, a squad player. Yeah, I wasn't about the easy route. No, so no. I had to deliver something that connects everyone and everyone can be part of. So I, I choose... Uh, the Hey Baby song because Ooh. Ah, ah, sorry just I want just for those who yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> to make sure that see we're bonding already everyone is on the same page everyone enjoys it and feels after energised for the next game tomorrow and it worked but who I, I have to insist on this yeah who stole your last one who stole your title are you referring to uh, to Peter Cech you know I am he was probably the one who impressed me most in terms of his ability to just... He's all-time Arsenal number one, as far as you say in the book. Spontaneous, put rap song and, yeah, put everyone inside his rap song and be very clinical in delivering it, so... He, he actually names the players and raps yes, about he raps them. around the players and... Guys, it was just amazing, so... But at least I'm top three, but I couldn't overtake him uh, well maybe the fact that he's gone to the, the dark side or yeah. the blue side means yeah. that you're back in number one <laughs> um, Per Martisacker although we're going to ask you to do a little photo um, one yes. good life good book thanks for sharing this with us and I'll say to you on record and you can say yes or no because that's the way we live we'd like to do this again in a few months okay. because this has been good it's been short but it, the book tells really interesting stories about your life and tells them well so thank yes. you thank you Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true. Graham Hunter and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.